0: We get distracted by the to-do list. We get distracted by the kids having arguments. We get distracted by caring for people. We get distracted by all of the stuff of life. And the reality of the cross seems to fade a little bit. It doesn't have as much impact on our lives. When I was preparing this, I felt it was right. I took a little survey of a few of my Christian friends that aren't in this fellowship and asked them for words that would describe living in the reality of the cross. And I think we've got a bit of a PowerPoint, hopefully, if Neil can bring it up. And these are some of the things that they said. Living in the reality of the cross. Releasing, freeing, wonderful, an adventure, assurance, exciting, Intimate, healing, restoration, life, love, hope, power, joy, abundant life, grace and confidence. There is so much more that you can probably add to that list of words as well. Of what it means to you to live in the reality of the cross. So I'm going to leave that up there for a minute. And when I was preparing this, um, the main word that I had was freedom. That actually we are free in Christ. And I'm going to start in Galatians 5 verse 1, which says, if Neil can bring it up. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, we all know what Christ has done. Easter was not that long ago. We've just sung Living Hope. All the words are in that song. Christ has set us free. It was for freedom that he came to set us free. We don't have to be bound by anything any longer. When I started praying about this, I was on a dog walk because I've discovered that actually doing a dog walk and praying and thinking and processing is a good thing for me to do. And um, I get all sorts of revelation when I'm walking the dog, which is great. And I was saying to God, look, what, what does this actually look like? In reality, what does this look like? Living in the reality of the cross. And I was walking through the woods in Cheshire Boys, went across a clearing and up into the woods and as I came up into the woods there was an, uh, another owner and a dog and Lily came running up and she was like I want to see this dog I want to play and she stood there but the other owner was trying to get this other dog back on a lead he didn't want Lily to play with this other dog I don't know why but he wanted to get this dog back on the lead and it wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing, it wasn't going to the owner. It was standing a short distance away, sort of the distance between me and Richard. And the owner was telling it off. And then the owner went and put the dog on a lead and dragged it away. And Lily stood there looking, going, but I want to play. I want to play, it's fun, it's another dog. And she was really good, I must say this time, she was really good. She just stood there and looked. And I continued walking on, and called to her, come on Lily, this way, off we go. And she did. She left that other dog and came running after me, which she doesn't normally do. Um, And I was like, okay, Lord, that's a bit of an odd thing, but okay. And I just felt God say, actually living in the reality of the cross is like me calling to you, saying, come on, this way, off we go. We have choice. We're not on a lead And we're not being put on a lead and dragged along a path or dragged along a way. We actually have freedom to choose. Yes, there's temptation. Yes, there's fun things that we can look at. But ultimately, God's calling us to a more fun place, a new place, a different place. And actually, it's about following him. So I don't know if that helps anybody or not. And I just felt the challenge is, do we live like we are on a lead, being pulled along a path, or do we live in that place of freedom, of choice? When God calls us, do we follow? Do we stand there sniffing and trying to ignore God, or do we turn and readily follow and chase him? I started pondering on the rest of this walk, the second part of this verse, about being burdened by a yoke of slavery. And the word slavery really stood out to me. And slavery is about being owned by somebody. It's about being controlled by them. And they, your master tells you what to do, where to go, where to stand, where to be. You're controlled by the slavery and by the master. But actually, that's not the reality of the cross. When I was looking at this, a yoke of slavery is slightly different to a yoke that you put on animals. So a yoke of slavery is a two-meter-long stick with a Y sort of at the end, with a bar across the front, and it's put round the slaves' necks to control them, to take them where they're meant to be. And the yoke of slavery isn't about, it's about being yoked to the master. He's taking you where he wants you to be. And so the yoke of slavery is not, the picture that I had of a yoke of slavery is not really very nice. It's obviously that control and that ownership. I like having lots of examples in my preach because I think it helps It helps me. If it doesn't help you, I apologize. Um, I'm reading a book at the moment called The Oath by Frank Peretti. He did write other books apart from *Pierce in the Darkness and This Present Darkness. Um, and this book called The Oath, I'm right near the end, I've got one chapter left. And it's a, it's a great book. But in this book, there are many people in this little town who have this, um, almost like an open sore over over their hearts. And this open sore tends to sort of weep more when they do things wrong, when they sin. And it's about their heart and where their heart condition is. And there's this dragon that lives on top of the mountains. And somehow the people and this dragon are connected. And they, the villagers and the townspeople f- think they own this dragon and that they can control it and that they can look after this dragon and tell it what to do. And this dragon represents for them, or represents in the book, the combination of all sin and evil. But they think they can control it. But actually... The dragon is controlling them. It has a hook in their heart and can control them. So their behavior and their attitude, the things that they say to each other, the things that they do, is all controlled by this sin in their hearts. And when they start to walk away from the sin and they start to care and they start to love and they start to do nice things for their neighbors and their people this sore gets better and starts to clear up. But as soon as they start to sin and do more, their heart weeps more. So I don't know if that helps. And that's a a sort of symbol of how sin can control us and how the enemy tries to control us. But Christ has set us free. There is no hook of the enemy in our hearts anymore actually we are free from all of that stuff. We're free from all of the stuff of the world. I think sometimes that we don't realize that the stuff in our lives, our everyday lives, can, can start to control us. It can be really quite subtle. And it can be really, um, we don't always notice it. And sometimes it can be where we get angry with children, where we get frustrated that somebody's just cut us up in the car. And there can be those sort of normal reactions that we think are normal, but actually are coming for a place of, of anger or of pain or of sin. And I think it's really important that we sometimes recognize that actually some of this stuff can be really quite subtle. But we are free. Christ has set us free. That verse, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We are free. It is finished. I was then looking at another verse um, that came to me. Hebrews 8 verse 2. Which says, Through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. We are free. Full stop. That's it. There's nothing else. There's no buts. There's no ifs. We are free. I asked my friends again. I feel a bit like family fortunes thing our survey said. Um, I asked my friends again some words to describe what it means to them or what Christ has set them free from. So hopefully... There's some things that come up. Some of these are a bit like, really? Okay. So ourselves or our fleshly nature, our sin, guilt, insecurity, societal expectations, loneliness, desolation, uncertainty, slavery, fear, control, hopelessness, despair, darkness. And I'm sure that there's more that you can add to that list as well of what Christ has set you free from as well. And I feel it's really important to remember sometimes that we are free and what we have already been set free from. Sometimes we can be free from all this stuff, but yet our behavior and things don't change. And I was sort of pondering this and saying, okay, why is it that sometimes we don't see any difference in our lives and sometimes it's because in here, in our heads, we haven't changed. Our attitude is still the same. We can do prayer appointments and we can be set free from stuff. But if our attitudes in our heads hasn't changed, then we're going to end up in the same place. That actually sometimes it can be that we haven't had a prayer appointment and there's stuff we still need to deal with. Sometimes it is just sin. Sometimes it's just expectations of others. So how do we walk in this freedom? And I got the verse, Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2. So let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Easy, yeah? <laughs> I think sometimes that can be quite hard. And when I was looking at this verse, I, I kind of had the picture of the London Marathon was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? And you always see running the London Marathon, people dressed in the most interesting outfits. I didn't watch the London Marathon, but um, just as just as after we got married, my husband Chris ran the Reading half marathon, and he got overtaken by somebody dressed as a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> he was running quite fast and with an injury, but there are things that people dress up as to run these incredibly hard races. And my second cousin, husband, is a firefighter, and he did a similar race dressed in full-on firefighter gear, which is quite hot and heavy. And actually, sometimes, if we, if we run the race still with carrying sin and burdens and in that attitude that we're on a lead still, that actually it can be like running a marathon or a half marathon dressed as a rhinoceros or dressed in a full-on firefighting gear we need to take those things off because otherwise we're going to be exhausted we're going to be too hot we're going to keel over in the middle of the race or we're going to not finish the race and actually what God's calling us to do is to persevere and to keep going in the race so we need to take off all of this stuff I have an example, and I'm not sharing this to say, look how amazing I am, or anything like that. I'm sharing this as a way that might help you. And if it doesn't help you, then that's fine. So I was also at Spring Harvest with some friends, which was great. Um, And there were two talks that really, really spoke to me and sort of merged in together. And I realized that probably for about three years that I have been living life in a state of overwhelm, really since the first lockdown, just in that state of overwhelm, swallowed up by all the stuff going on in life and living constantly on the border between overwhelm and emergency and flipping in between those two constantly. And... While on the surface, I can portray, yes, everything's fine, everything's lovely, actually at home it was slightly different, and I wasn't p- particularly the most pleasant person to live with. You can ask my boys sitting up there as well. So there was lots of times where I would completely lose it for no apparent reason, because one person hadn't emptied the dishwasher. And it just life was just in that state of overwhelmed. And I realized that actually behind that, that I was also living in a state of hopelessness because I couldn't see a way to change life. And I'd prayed about it, and I'd spoken to my prayer group about it, and I'd kind of got prayer. I'm just feeling a bit overwhelmed at the minute. Uh, and But nothing had really changed. But I realized that this sort of world fatalistic view of I can't change anything and resulting in hopelessness meant that I was stuck. And I didn't feel I could actually get out of that situation. But when I realised this in the middle of these talks at Spring Harvest, I was like, oh, now I understand. I'm on a lead still. I need to get off that lead because actually this fatalistic worldview and this feeling of being overwhelmed I don't feel I can change life I'm just being dragged along life and so I dealt spiritually I prayed on my own and just dealt with these things that I'd seen I also apologized to my family for the way that I'd been because it wasn't nice living in that atmosphere and actually over the last two weeks since we've been back I have felt different. Life hasn't changed. In fact, life has got a little bit busier since we've got back. I've put more in life for some reason. But actually, life has been easier. I haven't lost my rag because nobody's emptied the dishwasher. I haven't gone to that place. And life at home is calmer, more peaceful, nicer. And actually, it's completely changed our lives, it's completely transformed the way that we have been living at home. And it's completely changed and transformed me. And I'm sharing this because actually, there's stuff we can do. We can get rid of the stuff that holds us, that owns us, that drags us along in life. We can get rid of it. Because living in the reality of the cross, and I'm coming into land... Living in reality of the cross is exciting. It is freeing. It is adventurous. It is intimate and healing and restoration and life and love. It is all these things that I put up on the screen earlier. And We just need to choose. We need to take off all of the stuff that is hindering us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free free from sin and death. So let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles so we can run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Amen.